Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This, I guess this is the accredited. I never know what to name these anymore. I feel like we'd just be talking. Welcome to the show is the podcast name. You know what? It should be welcome to the show. And my immediate takeaway right now, right now as we're recording this, by the way, we just got done watching the Marlins uh, lose 2-1 to the Blue Jays. But my first, uh, my first reaction to this has nothing to do with baseball. I now realize that the MLB is going to keep me up later than expected. Like, it's going to be a lot of late nights for me watching a lot of baseball games. And the realization is just hitting me right now. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I'm in Arizona right now, just so people know. And it's kind of great because it's 649 here right now. And the game's over. And I literally have the entire night. You know, I have like three more hours till I go to bed. It's fantastic. I don't, John. As we all know, I am an old person. And... Listen, I wanted sports to come back just as much as the next person, but now with the playoffs in full swing and now Jazz getting the call up so I got to watch every Marlins game, I am never going to bed at 10 o'clock for the rest of my life. Right now, when? game seven, Rockets Thunder is going on. It's oh, no way I make it past half. That's not important right now. But the MLB did a favor because most of the games usually start at, um, what, 7.15, 7.30, somewhere around there. And they pushed them up to almost 6.30 or 6.45. So they did a favor, and that actually eats up, you know, a lot of time, wasted time, as you would say. They get to play. But when was the last time you were this excited for a baseball game? Uh, it had to be 90s Braves. No, I, I no, that's not true. Actually, uh, the last Jeter game, the, the Anton game. Because I, I actually watched that game. So that was the last time. I think that game was on cable. Like that was one of those crazy things that the game happened to be on cable because it's kind of tough to um to watch some of these baseball games unless you have the MLB package. Yeah, so it it was a combination of things. I mean, the game that game got national notoriety obviously because it was the the end of the Jeter era. But for us, it was holy shit, Anton is in the majors. Like that that was the big deal for us and we got that same kind of actually this one was different i can't say this is the same thing because it was different seeing someone on the come up get called up like we didn't watch anton's progression from the very beginning of his career with with the minors i mean obviously because he's our age we weren't playing paying as close attention as we were with jazz jazz is somebody who we saw or i mean we covered the day that he signed and so yeah, what was it, it July 2nd, 2015 or something like that? Somewhere around that time, him and Lucius. So, so we, we covered that from the very beginning and you saw at, you saw the progression at every level. He went to rookie ball, killed it. He gets called up to single A advance, kills it, gets the injury and he bounced back from, from that injury fairly quickly. And that's something that could get a young player down, could mess with you mentally, but we know, we know. If it's one thing about Jazz Chisholm, he's mentally strong. That wasn't, that wasn't gonna weigh him down. He kills it in Double A again. Becomes an All Star player. Leads all shortstops and home runs. Makes the Marlins forty man roster. And we were very cognizant that this could happen this year. Everything just had to break right, and I guess we can say it did. Other than almost getting COVID-19. We're still not sure what happened with that. That was the only thing that went wrong. But there were positive tests. There were negative tests. Anyway, he's on the field. He's a Miami Marlin. We get our seventh Bahamian in the majors. Yeah, and like you said, it's something where 
Jazz has never lacked the confidence. Some people will say it's a cocky thing or whatever, but even I could go back to remember on signing day when he all he would say is, I'm going to play in the major leagues. Like, this is my first step. People, he, what, he only signed for $200,000 or something like that with the Diamondbacks, which was absolutely nothing. But he just wanted to get his foot in the door because he, he, he's almost like a buddy. He believed in himself, you know? It was, it was to the point where he said, just give me the shot and I'm going to make it. it. There's no question in my mind that I'm not going to make it. That, that's how Jazz always been. So it, it's great to see him on the field. Like, like you say, it's different than Anton because we're Anton's age, but we actually watched him grow up to a point to get here, especially uh, some of the people that watched him on Freedom Farm, you know? Like people heard about him when he was a kid, like just right there on Freedom Farm. Yeah, he, he outperformed everyone and his slot value. And you mentioned Freedom Farm. If you talk to anybody around there, like none of this is surprising to them because he's been this i don't even know if you would call it a character because it's just who he is he's got that that kind of personality where not only does he expect to be successful but he manifests it at every step i think we did a podcast with with him and larry just a couple days after larry i'll see me just a couple days after they signed and he was sitting in there early days of the 10ys studios and like you just said he was short yeah i'm getting to the majors in like, like four to five years i think he put the time on it and that happened here we are five years later and he gets the call up so night one we weren't certain that he was going to play because miguel rojas of course he was in there at short the marlins just traded jonathan villar away so there was a void at second base and we thought if he would get any time in night one it would be at second Ends up getting to play his natural position at short because of the injury to Miguel Rojas. Invited to all the South South. Shout out Miguel Rojas. I mean, dog, I know you could play, but I, yeah. I see what you're doing. I know you could play. He it's understood all, what he was doing. It's yeah. all right. It's all right. We, we feel you, Miguel Rojas. You invited to the South South. Everything cool. And then night two, he gets to start second game of the back-to-back against the Blue Jays. And look, Jazz went 0 for 4. We were hanging on every at-bat, but I'm not shaken by that at all i feel like this is this is the most confident and probably the easiest going 0 for 4 game that i've ever seen when i'm really really rooting for somebody to get a hit because i think once you root for him and once you know him you kind of adopt that personality he has i haven't there's no reason for me to believe that at this level he is just going to fall off like you expect someone's first smidge league at bat against a great blue jays pitching staff by the way like under three era it's like come on now yeah you give him the most a lefty on lefty one of the most difficult matchups like come on it's a tough it's it was tough for everyone on the marlins today not just jazz yeah and that that's another thing that i was about to lead into like when you look at the box score you can see listen nobody on the marlins team was blowing it up tonight all right they, they scored one run it's it's not like he was the, he was the you know he was the only blemish on uh, a team that just had a hit parade going on out there but what did you what did you see from him in his first big league start what were your takeaways from from uh that game well, I'll go back to the first game. It was more of a of a relief, I think, of him getting in the game. Like, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate the way he got in because you don't wish injury or you don't want anyone to be injured. But I was kind of happy he got into it and at least get that first line drive out to catch the feel of the of the game because 
it's just different, you know. And there's no fans, no nothing, so it's a whole different environment that that he's not used to. So for him to be able to get that, I thought that, that was just a a good thing for him. Um, this morning in the the Zoom uh, media availability he had with Jazz, it's like he was just talking about it and just saying, you know, the he got the nerves out from that play, and it's just like, you know, it's it's the big leagues. Like he's been dreaming about this his whole life, so he just has to to be more calm. But he was very confident as well saying that he's just happy to be on a uh, a team, get called up, who has a playoff chance. And, you know, that's how Jazz is. Now, this game, I thought his defense, that one spin play, he got confident, you know. He made that, that it was a pretty tough um, ground ball lineout that he um, he got. And the next play, he does a spin around. If he would have just taken maybe a, a quarter of a second more, and smooth that throw, that would have been that would have been an out. But, you know, he got charged with an error. But his at-bats were the thing that I wasn't worried either. His first is bad. You could see he was scared. Like, there's no question about it. I don't care what he says. He was scared that first at-bat. You could just see. It was almost like the Kawhi look in his eyes, you know, at the free throw line against the Heat. When he, when he missed those, like, he just deer in the headlights. But every at-bat after that, the progression just got better and better. Like, his swings were more fluid. He was making better contact. So it's going to come. It's not like, oh, he had bad swings and bad this. Like that one fly ball that was out just didn't drop, you know? And, and that was a, a solid hit ball. That last hit of the game, he, look, he was going for home runs. That's what I was saying. He was going for home runs, and he just missed that ball as well. So I think the batting's going to come. He's going to get more comfortable. And like they say, he's, the, he's the, the, the best power hitter they had in the minors. So. And this is a 5'10", 165-pound dude. Yeah, and if you if you've never seen Jazz play before, you're not familiar with his career. I think obviously he's he's getting to that next level of notoriety in the Bahamas where the casual observer is going to to know who he was. You saw him blowing up on social media. People that probably weren't into baseball, they were sharing that because you see a Bahamian is making the major league. So, this is his introduction to a lot of people. So, I just want them to know this is not panic time. He is going to be fine. He's going to be okay. He's a power hitter. He's If it's one thing every scouting report on him said, obviously he's got to cut down on the strikeouts. But the way the game of baseball is now, it's either strikeouts or home runs. That's what the game is across the board. That's what a lot of baseball purists complain about. But like you just mentioned, this is someone 5'10", 165, but it's also somebody who was challenging for the AA Southwest League lead in home runs so he's not somebody that's going to come in there and just hit for contact this guy is a power hitter like this is what is going to happen he has to become more disciplined at the plate i'm not saying i'm not saying he's he's perfect right now obviously he's 22 and just broke through in the major so it's going to take some time but i don't want our takeaway from this game to be that he's just not ready yet like these games are going to happen at each level when you progress, you see this with baseball players all the time when they break through because at each level of the minors, you go up a level, there's a bit of a struggle until you get accustomed to your surroundings, until you get accustomed to this new level. And then once you gain your footing, you become the player that we're used to seeing. We saw he struggled early in spring training, but ended spring training with a home run. So I fully expect, uh, and I think the Marlins do, as long as he gets the opportunities, I expect him to produce. Yeah, they're not going to call him up just off air. Let's just put it that way. They see something in him. 
his call up was at the time where I think wasn't it the the last time you could call a player up from the the training site to be able to make the playoff roster if you make the playoffs. It was something like that. So so for you to get called up with the opportunity of being able to be on a team which can make the playoffs and you know they putting you in that pool. Like if we look at the pool, it's less than a forty man roster right now. You know it's like a what thirty some roster. So he's on the short list of being able to to be if the Marlins make the playoffs, be on a playoff roster. Like that that's what the Marlins are thinking about. So they think in long term. I don't think they're really that upset with the at bats because like you said, they know who the player is. I just think it's defensively. That's what they're more worried about. If he's going to be able to hold his own defensively. Like the Marlins just didn't hit today. They they were terrible at hitting today. Um it happens when you get uh great pitching, when you face great pitching. But my whole thing is I, the Marlins know what they they have in Jazz, and I think if he s- plays well defensively, he's just they're going to s- keep him on the roster just because they they you know they're going to get they traded um what's his name anyways yeah they traded him and you know now they're just looking for young young players. But another thing is I tell people don't be surprised if he gets sent back to the training site. Just based on the fact that there was an infielder, I don't even know his name. He opted out at the beginning of the season, and now he got reinstatement. So, and he's a veteran infielder, so it's something too. But it's good to get his feet wet now. He's young, twenty-two. Uh, we should be expecting to see Jazz in the big leagues for a very long time. Yeah, and I think a part of it, I think the reason that he got the call of this year as well. Well, first of all, the Marlins made trades to open up this opportunity for him to get in there and i think a lot that was due in large part to one they're in the playoff race which in this strange season it feels like everyone's in the playoff race but also they traded him for zach gallon who is having a awesome season with the arizona diamondbacks and so you had a whole lot of people baseball twitter in the baseball community saying look the marlins obviously lost that trade because look how zach gallon is playing so I feel like Jeter in the front office, they need to show that, look, this player that we got, we don't feel like we lost in this trade. It's just going to take some time for him to develop. And we're in the process of of seeing him develop. I'm not going to lie, though. Bottom of the ninth inning, I have never rooted so hard for somebody to just hit a game-time homer. He didn't have the chance for the walk-off because Diaz didn't get on, but... I just, I just thought we were going to have our storybook ending in the ninth inning there where he was going to hit that solo shot to tie it. Yeah, it's just it's crazy because we go back earlier. Him being Bahamian, it's like it didn't, doesn't matter what team he played for. It could have been the Indians. It could have been the Rockies. Who cares? Like once a Bahamian's playing, it's like you become a fan. The older you get, I guess the less you have ties towards teams itself and you start rooting yeah, you, you start rooting for more. You know, you know the people. Like, we were at the the little camp that Jazz did this year, you know? Brought the backpacks for the kids. I remember we were talking to him, and he said, this is the year I feel that I'm going to make it, you know? Like, this is pre-COVID. We were talking. We were excited because we're like, yeah, when he makes the majors, we're going to go to the games and la da la da la da And then COVID just ruins everything, you know? Ruined everything <laughs> in the entire world. I hate this shit so much. It's like, it's crazy because... You know, uh, he gets, I was supposed to fly out yesterday. My flight got delayed, which I'm now thankful for because I was able to watch Jazz play and get the game today. 
but I was scrambling trying to find the Marlins PR people and just, you know, it, w- it was it was a hectic time for like a half hour and then they got back to me and I'm able to get into the, the Zoom meetings and at least talk to Jazz and get the interviews because everything's different now for the sports reporter, you know? Before it used to be, like even though we have a, a connection with Jazz, it's like you still have to go through certain steps and protocol. You just don't don't use your friendship or this or that. To be I mean, to... we're also going to try that. Oh, no, 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 no. As he gets more established, yes. I think as of right now, because we got to understand... I guarantee his cell phone. He probably had. He probably his battery probably burned out in an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, his his cell phone had to blow up like crazy because ours was just talking about him. So imagine what he was dealing with all day. Yeah, we suck at Twitter, but we were pretty good at Twitter the, uh, the last two days. A lot of a lot of people like jazz on Twitter. Let's just put it that way. That's 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 just not for us. Know where your strengths lies. So. So what happens now? We know Rojas is day-to-day. The Marlins have Thursday off. They get back to it Friday against, against, the, Tampa. against the, the Rays. I went to call them the Devil Rays, and then I realized that they're just the Rays now, who we don't yeah. have to care about anymore because they traded Lucius away. So Yeah, no, I unfollowed them on Twitter once he got traded. and I followed. Yeah, so three. we need to treat Tampa like a breakup. We almost treated Arizona like we broke up with them, but then they still have Christian... So yeah. we still have to pay attention to, to Arizona. But, yeah, we don't have to care about Tampa anymore. So we could fully go straight up battle Florida, Miami, and Tampa. If Roja- So it, it all depends on what happens with Rojas, right? Because if he's there, then Jazz goes back to the bench. We're not sure if we see him because Birdie's been playing well, as we, as we saw in game he one. Against- more. <laughs> I don't know if Etuan Moore did the kind of things that Bertie did in Game One against the Marlins. No. The fact that he hit a home run means Bertie he's could not justify being in the sto- like. You, you could look at it and you could justify it. when Etuan Moore was starting over Buddy. There was no reason for that. Yeah, yeah. I, by the way, Alvin Gentry's just getting fired for Etuan Moore is amazing to me. But hey, anyway, so defensively, I, I want to go back to the play that he had where uh, where they were shifting over, and it seems like that. That was meant to be the play for the third baseman for Brian Anderson to make. And Jazz comes up with it. And like you mentioned earlier, that spinning throw that was a, a bit inside. Well, not a bit inside. It was inside to the left. Cooper had to stretch for it and tried to make the tried to make the play. The fact that Jazz tried that to me showed somewhat of a a comfort level that I didn't think that we would we would see this early on. So I thought that was promising that he was it, it showed me that he calmed down, his his feel for the game was there, and he was going back to being who he is in that moment. Yeah, I mean that that's just to play and you gotta remember, I think one thing if you talk to Jazz that he probably misses the most is fans in the in the stadium. Like that man feeds off of energy. Like that that's a thing. And I know a lot of athletes do it, but Jazz to me is just one of these different people where he's an energetic, fun going guy, you know? So it's just like, that's just how he plays baseball too. I think if fans were in the stadium, he makes that play. That's just me. I think it's the, the big emptiness of nothing. I think it's more pressure. Like, I feel it's more pressure when it's empty than when it's full. I, I, I don't know why. Like, when I used to be in school and we were playing in an empty gym, I would be more nervous playing in an empty gym than playing with a crowd. 
Yeah, and I mean, this was going to be a nerve-wracking moment for him no matter what, bro. Like, getting, getting your first Major League start, whether it's one person or 40,000, your first time in the Majors, your first at-bat, and you're going against the Blue Jays' ace, who you've just seen him just mow down your entire lineup. I mean, that's that's kind that's kind of nerve wracking. So take take it for what it is. It was the first experience of many. Look, base not this season, but baseball is a 162 game season. Like people are expected to play for the long haul. Now this is much shortened. Now we got like what less than 30 games left. But yeah, this we're at the halfway point yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So so, I'll tell you what not to do. And you, when I when I say this, you're gonna know about the group that I'm mentioning. Do not be in a WhatsApp group or any chat group with a bunch of old know-it-alls <laughs> who who just want to shit on everything and second guess everything and. Just Monday morning quarterback every decision. Now you have old people that play bare league softball criticizing the the batting approach of somebody in the major leagues, and I I just want to get out of this group so bad. And all I said was this this is Bahamians. This is Bahamians. This is people that learned about this man yesterday, celebrated him for a few hours. He goes 0 for 4. And now are already criticizing everything. That that's Bahamian sports fans in a nutshell. Yeah, it's a process. Uh, you're not gonna go like, you know, I don't know. You not not everyone's Miguel Cabrera. Let's just put it that way. Miguel Cabrera was 18 and came in, but he's a Sherlock Hall of Famer. You know, like it, it ain't like that. Like this is a guy. This is this is a season like no other. So it's not even like he had minor league games to prepare for this situation. Like I get that. He has um, scrimmage games or whatever on the, on the offside that they had, but it's not the same as playing competition that you don't know. Like he he's literally coming in just I feel cold to a point where it's just like you finally get to face new competition, and when you face new competition and you're in the majors, it's just completely different. Like there's a learning curve. It happened to Buddy. Buddy here went to the NBA, and it took him a year and a half or two to get his feet solid. Let's just put it this way. Buddy Hill took a year and a half to get solid, but still has the most three-pointers in the first four years of his career, you know? Like, let's just be real. It, it takes time for some people. And, and Jazz is going to be fine. Like, the Marlins don't have him to be on the bench his entire career. He, they want him to be a part of the, of the program and just flourish. So they want him to be better they want him to be better than Zach Gallon. That's what they want. They need him to be better. Well, the two different positions. Go put Zach Gallon at shortstop and Jazz a pitcher and see what happens. Yeah. That's not how people do this one. That's not how they do it. They they're just gonna measure it straight up. They just need him to be better than Zach Gallon so they can everyone can look back retroactively and say, Hey, we won the trade. But to me this was as great as it is for Jazz, and it is great for Jazz because this is his I feel like it's his first step to superstardom. It was more of a... I felt like all day yesterday was a celebration of this generation of Bahamian baseball. Because you had... You had Bahamian baseball flourishing in the 50s, in the 60s. Uh, the group of the first six led by, by Andre Rogers. And then you had a lull and then Anton is the gap in between all that. So you go, you have major, you have major league players in the sixties, early seventies, then you got nothing until Anton comes along in the two thousands. 
and and he was kind of the one to like i said to bridge the gap to this new generation and then after that you saw this influx of signings to the point where we expect it to happen every year it was almost the same way i'll well, you know what? We've been posting a lot of Olympic throwbacks, so I could use that as the example, where we weren't winning anything at the Olympics, and then Frank Rutherford wins that medal, and then we've won a medal at every Olympics after that. So it's kind of like... championships, everything. It, it just, yeah. So it's it, like, it, it's like it's the seal... Yeah, the seal was broken, and it starts to happen. So after Anton, you have all of these guys starting to sign, and we expect that to happen every year, and Jazz is the first one. It was a race between him and Lucius to see who was going to be the first one to get there, and Jazz gets there first, but you can tell like there's just so more bubbling beneath the surface, and it was a huge moment for Bahamian baseball in general. I think we still got to understand, Jazz is 22. Like, Jazz is, if you do the math, Jazz is the youngest Bahamian, to, I think, to at 22 years and like 100 days or something like that you know if you start doing that that math i think he's the he's the youngest player to ever make the majors you know like andre rogers made the majors at 22 as well but it 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 was a different time like make making the majors right now i feel is the hardest sport to minus like golf or whatever a team sport i think making the major leagues is the hardest thing because you can be the top prospect in the the major leagues at whatever level, and you still have to wait three, four years to get to the big leagues, you know? You never hear anyone say, well, this is our best NBA um, young player on the roster. We're going to throw him in the G League, and that's it, you know? Like, you keep him on the on the NBA roster. Like, it, it, it's just a path that... Let's put it this way. It's a path that... It's difficult. You know how many people get signed every year? Um... Jazz wasn't signed for a lot of money. We already said that. He was signed for $200,000. Jazz is a throwaway player if you really want to think of things like that. He's a player you sign. If it doesn't work out, you cut your losses and that's it, you know? So for him to, to like, him and Lucius signed the same exact day. Lucius signed for $6 million. Jazz signed for 200000 Lucius was going to get 100 times more opportunity than Jazz. If Jazz went in there and, mess, and, and stunk it up, he would have been gone. Like that's just that's just how it works. So for him to put that work in, to put that effort in, to make it to the to the top of the top, is just incredible. It, that's all I can say. And they, it's it's just an inspirational story because now there's an entire generation of young baseball players where this stuff isn't a pipe dream to them. This stuff is something that's very attainable because. And we're gonna have Kaizen on for the second part of this podcast, but for his group and. I guess you would say from anyone that plays baseball in this country from the age of 17 to like five years old, all you know is that Bahamians being in the majors is not a strange thing. Bahamians, Bahamians being able to play baseball at the highest level is kind of expected. We, we uh, shared the MLB pipeline graphic where they had the only countries that have multiple players on MLB pipelines top 100 and we're one of those four countries and there were all kind of people commenting that they had no idea the bahamas was that good in baseball that's well that's kind of what it is you got the u.s uh puerto rico Republic. yeah the u.s venezuela venezuela and then us (laughs) you know what i mean so (laughs) it's just like the nba draft it's like i uh, yesterday to me felt like when buddy got drafted that that's what yes 
that's what yesterday felt for me. Even though Chaz wasn't drafted, uh, uh, you know, that type of thing, it wasn't a big hoopla of you have a whole day to celebrate. Signing day to me was just one of those things. I think we blow it out of proportion in the Bahamas to, one, to, to an extent because they bring everybody because that's just the beginning where you know when Buddy got drafted, he, has a, he had arrived. He had made the, big, the, the NBA. Like to me, yesterday was like, because I was doing some work for my dad at the airport and Amo messaged me and he was just like, uh, and Marcellus messaged me and they were like, hey, um, Jazz got called up. And when I heard that, I was just so happy. Like it, it brings a joy. Like, yeah, I cover sports, I do stuff. But just being a Bahamian and knowing that it finally happened. Like we've been waiting for this for, you know, when Anton was playing, we were hoping when he signed with the Rangers, he would have made the 25-man roster type thing, you know? But it's just like, as a Bahamian, it's just the pride knowing what they go through and, and, and making the big leagues. And it's just like, finally, like, now, like you say, the, the pipe bursts. That's all you can say because it's going to be more than just jazz from the Bahamas and the majors. And to me, uh, the reason why, look, we and me and you have been talking about this happening this entire year. Like you were saying, before COVID, we plan we we almost planned the entire year around Jazz getting called up. Like that's how serious it was. How we expected, how much we expected this to happen this year. And I I think I think what makes it so special for me is the tight knit bond that the Bahamian baseball community has. Like it's not the favorite sport by anybody that signs the checks in this country. Not at all. Like, you don't see tons of support here for baseball. As a matter of fact, you don't see any support for baseball. I think the only time any politician had a hand in what Anton was doing is when they showed up to Yankee Stadium after he was already in the minors for a decade. Like, the government completely ignores baseball. And I saw the bullshit press releases going out there um, talking about their congratulating Jazz. I'm surprised that they knew this nigga's name, but... (laughs) <laughs> well, you got to be real. You know how they knew them? They read the site. They they read our, our social media. Let's just be real. Like we're, we're the only people. Us, the newspapers. You know, um, Z, uh, ZNS and, and Cable Twelve, etc., etc. We're the only ones who who like good or bad. We're the only ones who cover them. Like, and and get to the point where all these people now are going to try to take credit as they usually do. We have no baseball stadium. We barely have baseball fields. We don't have a regulation-sized baseball field. And they want to congratulate uh, these people for making it and, you know, proud Bahamian. You know what? Why don't y'all shut up and put money where money needs to go and let these people who make it on their own, because that's literally what it is, them making it on their own with the help of the the, the local uh, baseball academies or whatever back home that, that helped them get through the process. It's just like deal with them. And, and help them be of the funds so we get more of this, you know? But don't wait till they get to the majors and then say, oh, look at us. Like, it, that that irks me. Yeah, and that that's my biggest complaint with the whole thing because everyone is going to love to see that flag there when they watch national TV and they're going to love to see it say Nassau, Bahamas, but nobody is doing anything to reach back and invest in any of this. Like, like we said it several times, uh, the day Jazz signed, he signed with other people. Like, <laughs> there are close to 20 Bohemians right now playing minor league baseball, and a lot of them are top-ranked prospects in their organization. It's not going to be long before Lucius breaks through, before Deshaun Knowles, Devon Knowles, Trent DeVoe, and the list goes on. Like, you have people listed in the top 30 in their organization.
you have someone in number one in the diamond, Christian Robinson. It's just like, just think Jazz and Christian Robinson were in the same organization. Like, you could have, you know, if things were different, they both might have been called up at the same time with the Diamondbacks, you know? And there's still the chance that Robbie gets called up this year, too. Like, that's not completely out of the question. Because yeah, they, the Diamondbacks didn't, didn't call him up to the main squad for no reason. So that's another thing to monitor. This may happen sooner rather than later. But, it, I mean, I, I guess everybody that cares about this stuff and everybody that cares about baseball continues to be frustrated by it because you see the success and you see what's on the horizon and the people signing checks don't seem to care until there's something to celebrate, but nobody's actually putting in the work to harvest that talent. The only time that you will see baseball, I think, celebrated in the Bahamas is when Todd and Lucius and they do the don't blink home run derby. To me, that, 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 that's great. People go out and support, but you know why people support is because it's the relationships that they built, the baseball players built. Like to me, I think the baseball players in the country are the most approachable people who play sports. Like, don't get me wrong. They're they're all approachable. But to me, like you say, the baseball fraternity is just a little different. You know, there's something to it where, you know, you meet them and it's just a different vibe. You know, like everything is, is hundred percent cool. There's this, everyone wants to work with each other. You know, there's no hard feelings behind this or that. It's just, it's just something. And like I said, Todd and Lucius, they do their home run derby, right? And now MLB um, network comes down and does coverage. So next year, we're going to see them come down to just do jazz, like how they did Bo uh, last year, if, if COVID doesn't mess it up. But at the same time, it's just like they, they're building a platform in the Bahamas that just elevates baseball to the next level. Like this is something where you would hope that with this home run derby, maybe then they could start uh, spin off of the showcase that same week, you know, that same weekend or whatever it is. So it, it's just they're putting the blood, sweat and tears into it. And people then want to come at the end and take all the credit. Yeah, I, I didn't even want this to turn into that. But it just it's just any time that, that something positive happens with baseball, that's what they do. And I just hate to see it. All right, let's let's try to lighten it and get back to talking about Jazz, talking about the Marlins. Um, I feel like it's obvious he's going to play every game with this gigantic goal chain. And <laughs> first of all, we need to figure out what Meek song he came out to. Yes, listen. Okay, we we gotta message him and find that out. I gotta go back in the archives and look to see what song he chose to hit with uh, at the home run derby. And I could not tell what Meek song it was. I was trying to figure it out every at bat, but every time he came up at bat, somebody started talking. So I have no. I'm gonna have to email the Marlins communication people and let them know that us not knowing what song he came out to is very disheartening to the entire Bahamas because because that is something we were we were waiting to hear. Like, come on now, the Anton was the last person to play in the majors. He probably played some country music, right? This is somebody from this generation, and he's about, you know, everyone wants to know what he's going to play. I, I know he loves Meek. He tweets at Meek all the time. Meek tweets him back. He said, this is, this person is one of my biggest inspirations. I think they, they were, both of them were at Rock Nation brunch. It's like, I, we need to know what song it was, because that sets the tone for everything else that happens after that. And if need be, 
we can make some suggestions like we could help you out with this like the meat catalog is is a large one to choose from and now here's the thing do you stick with what song that was through because you know see it as like perseverance or whatever or do you switch the songs up after that game i know baseball players are very superstitious i think you keep it I, the first game to me is a wash like it, it's i told ammo because i was messaging ammo during the game too i said if it was me i was gonna play some rake and scrape just to feel like i'm home house is co- house is co- house is covid oh i think it's gone he got released uh, the he could go back to work or something like that just stay six feet away from him he's going back to work already i think it's been like two weeks the COVID. <laughs> yes but no it's just he's got to stick to the same song he's got to stick to the plan like if he starts changing his song this quickly, then he's got to change his swing. He's got to change his throwing motion. No. He's worked his way to this. Just just keep the song. Fair. Fair. All right. Uh, totally baseless projections, not rooted in reality at, at all. When do we see the first homer? I would say at least 15 bats in. So he had four today. So in the next 11 bats, we'll see a homer. You know what? I'm going to go hot take here. I think we see it against the Rays. I think he takes... Yes, and that's where I was going with this. I think he takes it personally that the Rays traded Lucius. And he says, you know what? I am going to prove a point. Y'all should have kept my boy. Although this, although the Ross is probably a much better situation for him anyway, but that's yes. not that's not the point. You all traded my boy away. My time to shine. I think he gets a home run too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He bat flips. Like if there's one thing about Jazz, like there's certain shit that ain't changing. Uh, the swag and the approach to game, the approach to the game is not changing. He's definitely bat flipping. Like that, that's happening. I accept. Ex- nothing less than a bat, especially that first home run you know what i wish happens i wish he has the fernando tatis jr thing where he hits a home run on a 3-0 count that is my <laughs> that is my dream i just need him to break an unwritten rule of baseball that's all i want if he breaks so, one unwritten rule of baseball i i'm completely pleased with this whole season whatever whatever the unwritten rules are all right, so obviously Jazz being called up to the Marlins is going to cause us to be on Marlins watch. Like, he said it in the conference call with the reporters earlier today. He thinks the entire Bahamas and all Marlins fans. He's right, because now I'm locked into the other half of the season. I am going to get caught up watching the Marlins playoff chase, just like Billy Gill and Chris Cody. So every Labrador show, we got to listen to it and join. See, I've been a Marlins fan my whole life. Go figure. You have two um, World I, Series titles. I have World Series hats. Like, I have shirts and hats. They're pretty big, but I have them in my closet. But what was it? Two weeks ago, I actually bought a, a blue Marlin shirt, a Nike one. So I was preparing for the, the Jazz call-up. Let's just put it that way. So the entire Bahamas has to ask themselves one question. Are you Marlin or are you Marlop? I'm Marlin. Yeah, I've always been a Marlin fan, so it ain't nothing new. All right, so we'll. I'm a fan now. Yeah, yeah, we root for the personalities. So we'll be back with Kaizen on the second part of this podcast, where he tells you about Jazz being his inspiration or one of his inspirations, and also how he feels like he's ready for the majors now at ten. 
<laughs> He's gonna hit a home run, a bat flip. Yes. Welcome to a special edition of Parent Corner. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been like a year or so. Oh, um, I'm... Not like a... Yeah, it's probably been more than a year, I think. Maybe. Alright, I'm Ronaldo. And I'm Kaizen Dawson. I feel like you could just say your first name, but that's cool. Alright, so the reason we had to record this impromptu pod is because we had... Huge news Tuesday night. Huge news in terms, in terms of Bahamian sport history, Bahamian baseball history. Jazz Chisholm gets called up to the Miami Marlins, and he becomes just the seventh Bahamian to make it to the major leagues. I think it happened at some point during the afternoon. Maybe it was like 3 or 4 o'clock when I told you about it. So when I came in the room, you were, of course playing Fortnite and barely paying attention to anything that yeah. I said, but how did you feel just knowing that Jazz got this call? Um, it makes me feel like if Jazz can make it, then I can make it one day. So, like, it motivates me to go harder. Um, uh, I'm proud as a Bohemian, like, that Jazz made it, and me, I can make it, and so my fellow teammates could also make it one day too. How much did hearing that make you actually miss baseball? Like how much do you miss playing? Like a lot. Like a lot. More than I like playing Fortnite. Like I miss baseball like a son. Like I would do anything right now just to play. If you had to give up Fortnite for baseball, you yes. would absolutely do that. Yes. Even with the new season, whatever thing you keep yes. telling me about with the superheroes that I yes. have no idea what. Yes. You give it up to play baseball. Yes, This, of course, I think the next few days, for the time being, is going to be a celebration of of all things jazz. What is your earliest memory of of him? Like, how did you first learn about him? Uh, the first don't play camp um he was just going through and the other pros they were just going through like how to feel the ball properly how to throw properly and how to keep your stride under control when you're trying to hit the ball for power and for contact so what about did or if was there anything about him that that stood out at, at the camp or were you guys just locked into everything that they were saying because these guys are pros these guys are at the level that you want to be? was Were you just tuned into what everybody was saying, or was it something different about him? Yeah, I was trying to listen to all of them, but um, in, the, in the derby, because, like, when we were in the cage and we were hitting with him and Christian, like, Jazz was, like, hitting hard. Like, so when in the derby, I didn't know he was, like, a big power hitter because I didn't really know him. So just... Started hitting the lottery moments, and ever since then, he had a big impact on me. So it's that, it's that bond that that a lot of the younger guys like yourself that you were able to develop with, with these pro players, and it's at an early age for a lot of y'all because I remember at that first camp there was nobody else around. There was there wasn't any media there other than me. I think I was mm -hmm. probably the only media person. So it was just. The group from Don't Blink, 
and the kids, like 100% run like that. Did you ever experience anything like that before? Uh, I, well, uh, yes, because they are, they be around the park a lot, uh, like just watching games, or they could be just trying to train, or sometimes they umpire games for us if, they, if we need help, or find the umpire or score them, call our game. So, now, I'll tell you one thing I remember from at that first camp. You came home talking about how you were feeling ground balls with a lot of them and how easy it looked. And then you talked about how, how flashy they were doing it because obviously obviously they were they were trying to impress you all. Do you remember that? Do you remember that part? Just yeah. talking about how, how differently they feel the ground balls. Yeah. Well, I'm able to do it now because... Okay, first of all, you are not able to yes, do I what am. they do at I 10. Am, I am able to do it now. And you see me do it before. You see me do it before. Okay, so you are, so right now you're telling me you are as good as major leaguers No, at I, 10? I ain't as good as them. It's just that I can do some of the ground ball tricks. I got you. Alright. And Freedom Farm is like a family. So, like, we basically know all of the pros. Like, they would help, like, let's say a couple of us on the park and we're just in the cage. They would just help in the cage with us and give us some tips on keeping our stride, keeping your head on the ball, and stuff like that. And I also want to be like some of the people that get scholarships or signed at a young age, but I also want to finish school. So I, once I finish my major league career or something goes bad, then I could always be a coach or something else after that. So that's something that, that they always, that they, well, I distinctly remember a few of the guys telling all that, that, it, you know, you got to be well-rounded. Yes, focus and target baseball, but the message you get from a lot of them is that there's more than one way to do this. Yeah. Okay, so the last time Jazz was here, he had a clinic at, at Pinewood. What, how, what was that experience like for you? Um, it was a good experience. I learned even more about feeling ground balls than I already knew. Like, uh, in a in any game, like it could be a major league game or, or a little league game, anywhere. So once the ball hits the ground and it starts coming so starts to come up towards you, you only have four seconds to feel the ball, get up and throw the ball to the first baseman before the runner gets the first base. And I didn't really know that at first, but I learned that once he told me about it. So, and th at this point, this was this was a different jazz. Now you you mentioned the home run derby clinic where you first got introduced, and that's when he was a under the radar prospect for the Diamondbacks, and nobody yeah. outside of the Bahamas was really high on him like that. Yeah. So people didn't really know who he was. By the time. He came back, and we're talking about the clinic at Pinewood. He yeah. was a top tier prospect. He was. He, I in think the he's F like three for the Marlins. Yeah, he's number three for the Marlins. He's been on MLB Pipeline's top one hundred for a while now, and traded for a, a starting pitcher in Zach Gallen, who's doing very well this year. So obviously, that tells you what the Marlins think of his prospects. So. He was a different player. He was a he was a better player, more highly regarded player. He's with Rock Nation now, so 
Like that's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another big deal. But even with all of that, was he still the same guy interacting with y'all? Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, he's always been the same since we started to do the derbies and clinics and stuff like that. He always wants to help us on stuff that we're doing wrong and always try to make us better like him Uh, or be better than him. One thing I do remember is when he had that moment at the, on the mound when he was talking to the group of guys and yeah. he was saying that he actually watched y'all play and he could remember y'all from being on the field and a couple yeah. y'all didn't I remember yeah. a couple y'all didn't yeah. believe yeah. what happened then when uh, when people were like no that's not true you have no idea okay all right cool so that moment at the camp when everybody was in the, on the mound huddled up. After after you guys got done playing, what do you remember from that moment? Because you two had a very specific interaction. Yes. Um, when he said he saw some of our game, I was like, I don't believe it. But then he told me about some of my game and su- stuff that he saw me do. Like he said, he saw me pitch and play shortstop. And then I started to believe that he saw me play. So that was a, uh, like, to see, I mean, to have a pro Tell me that he saw my game, like, that was exciting. So, how inspiring is it, let's go back to this now, how inspiring is it to see, to see somebody who's been like that, like you just said, this is a pro who sat there and he watched you play and he could point out things about your game, how inspiring is it to know that through all the hard work and everything that they've been preaching to you guys all of this time, you see what the end result is? So, I've been in shortstop all my life, but... You've literally been playing baseball, like, six, seven years. That's a long time. Okay, all my life. You say, you say it like you're a 30-year vet who's been in the majors for, like, a decade. That's, I've been playing shortstop all my life. Whatever. I ain't been playing shortstop since I first started baseball, but since I saw Lucius and Jazz, like... They boost my confidence in me playing shortstop and not any other position. But you always have to be ready for other positions. Like how Lucius had to play center field in one of the spring training games. So you always got to be valid to play different positions. So, But shortstop, that's definitely my favorite position right now. You know, it's funny that you said that because I know one of your favorite players, Javier Baez, he plays short and he plays second. Do you know where the Marlins had jazz? Yes. He's going to be playing second. Yes. Second and short. Because a lot of people, a lot of scouts do say his game uh, trends toward being like Javier Baez. They can see him having that same kind of career. So that's something very important to take note of. Both of them flashy. Both of them, um, both of them have a lot of tricks. Yeah. They both have a lot of tricks. And both of them are my favorite players. So the big question, well, no offense like, to the other pros, no offense. <laughs> so, like you said, you do like the flashiness of his game defensively, and you like the power. Yeah, he's and a the bat he, flips. he's a power hitting shortstop. So yeah, t- tell me about the bat flips because you always like to yeah. watch his bat flips on Instagram and yeah. stuff like that. So is that your favorite part of his game? Well, no, not really. It's just like uh, add on to like to boost his game for me, like. 
he if he had like a deep home run and he do some crazy backflip to the moon or something, like that would, that would be pretty sick. He also inspired me to start switching in. So, um, strictly this quarantine, I've just been trying to swing left and get better on my left, and I've definitely progressed through my left. Cause at first I couldn't even hit off a tee. Now. I try to get. I'm trying to get up and get into my like. Try to hit like how I hit on my right now. I mean, we still gotta see it in the game. Yeah, we still gotta see it in the game, but I'm pretty confident. I would bounce the gate. I would bounce the gate. No matter. Pretty <laughs> confident. All right. Pretty well, confident. Last question before we get out of here, and I let you go back to playing Fortnite. Um, mm -hmm. so officially a Marlins fan now. Yeah, for sure. It's still Cubs no more. And Dodge. No, I lied. Dodgers, then Cubs, then the Marlins. My top three teams. You know the likely time. if well if fans are ever allowed to come back. You know the likelihood of us going to a Marlin game is it's infinitely more, yeah. higher than going to a Dodger game. Yeah, like, but what if the Marlins or the Do or what if the Dodgers play in Miami, or the Cubs play in Miami? I mean that's fine. That's a that's a that's a bridge we'll cross when we get there. First of all, we need COVID to get out of here so we can actually go to Yes. Like, yes. first things first. Say something. So, let's say Jazz happens to listen to this. What do you? What would you tell them? Um, I hope you do good in the majors. I hope they don't think that you're not good enough to stay in the majors and they don't bring you back down in AAA. I hope you stay confident and keep on working and be a good Marlin. And play shot in a second, like, how you always play. I always like watching the other guys, the big top athletes in the game, but the Bahamian players, they really are my heroes and I make them proud to me. Alright, I think that's how we end it. It's perfect. Go Marlins!